I knew you were there. I can't believe you're here now. Ah, you're so late, but I'm so happy you're here. Should we dress like Leonardo DiCaprio and Titanic? Yes, we should. We absolutely <laughs> should. Hi, welcome back to Under Our Roof. I'm Lizzie. And I'm Bo Burnham, the absolute genius comedian and musician. We just watched a bit of his special last night. We'd been meaning to. I know I'm sure many of you have already seen it, but he's someone who I admire a lot. And I was really looking forward to watching it. And it's good. I mean, it's dark, but it's also very funny and good. I just described it what a dark comedy special is, which is exactly what it is. <laughs> yeah, it is fun. I didn't really know who he was going into it. Sorry, really? I'm I'm exposing myself. Oh. Well, I did once you kind of told me. Like, I've seen the movie Eighth Grade, which he directed, and I didn't know that was him. And I definitely haven't seen any of his, like, YouTube videos, I guess. Was that how he got famous? Well, I think it started on YouTube, and then he made a bunch of comedy specials and, like, has toured and oh, okay. acted. And I thought maybe he had been on American Idol um, because there was another... Who are you thinking of? I don't know. There's talking. I'm going to look up who you are thinking of. There is of a Bo, Bo with long hair who... No, it's B-O. <laughs> like, not body odor. Just the letter is B-O. Okay, Bo. but I'm going to do American Idol... Bo, I know it's not that Bo, but he yes, Bo Bice, Bo Bice, yes, yes. I knew it was a Bo B, and so I was like, oh, that guy from American Idol. And just you know what, for funsies, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask Lizzie to put a photo of this man in the show notes. I can't put photos in the show notes. This has come up before. You put a link to a photo. Yes. Okay, we're gonna put a link to a photo in the show notes for all you crazies out there who have the extra time to find out who Lizzie was confusing (laughs) with Bo Burnham. This This man looks like Jesus, (laughs) like white American Jesus or like a cult leader type thing. Anyway, I am definitely exposing my lack of cultural knowledge, but I definitely really liked the um, the special. We started at like 11 p.m. last night, so we actually have like 30 minutes left of it, but it was really good. I just get so much out of his work, and I'm sure I speak for many people. I think also as... A songwriter, I just admire his abilities. Like, it's just so impressive and inspiring for me. It's like the ultimate of ultimate challenges to write something like that, that is topical and close to your heart and important and also just funny as hell and like finding that balance. And it's also catchy. I was just real, I really like was trying to figure out do you think he wrote the songs first like did he map out the ideas and then wrote for those songs like how did that work and just what an incredible challenge and uh testament to his abilities blown away but it also got me thinking about um social media and tiktok that's a heavy theme um i mean perhaps not tiktok specifically but just our social media consumption is a theme on the special and i wanted to talk about something with you lady because uh last night i put out i think like my third stitch or perhaps collab (laughs) with uh this conservative christian tiktok personality who has said a lot of um pretty hateful things about lgbtq plus people hateful to ignorant i would say and i want to always be aware of like am i making the problem worse 
do you know what I mean? Like for me, I my brain naturally when I see these videos and people will tag me in things and I'll see conservative like anti LGBTQ plus perspectives on the internet, my brain responds in a jingle. Like you know that that's like how it sort of copes. That's like sort of my um processing. But then I so I do that naturally, but now I'm sort of wondering like is it like at what point is am I hurting and not helping the problem. The way that I have sort of uh, reconciled it right now is that she has a larger platform than me. She has like over a hundred thousand more followers than we do, Mm -hmm. you know? So right now it feels like I'm punching up. Yes. I think that is very key. There's not some, you know, ill-advised, but ultimately harmless person with a hundred followers spewing something that's not great for the queer community, but isn't really reaching anybody. And you're almost highlighting somebody that would be in obscurity otherwise. Right. She has a lot of followers. Yeah. And and I think that that's just something that I th- I thought of while we were like walking the dogs this morning after watching the special of you know, I know this is something that when I see hateful things, especially from a Christian perspective, that's something that, you know, I can talk around it, but like, it sucks to see it hurts, right? And so my brain copes through songwriting and through humor. And so I combine them and I make these like silly songs and I pretend like we're collabing and, you know, it's all satirical. But I also just want to be aware of like, am I contributing to the problem? And that's what I wanted to like, what do you think? I don't think so at all. I think it's good. But do you think it could get to the point where I am? Um. Well, I, I mean, I don't know how. Yes, we'll see. What direction <laughs> this would take. But you would say if like, if you felt like it was something, if I was like responding to a video where you're like, listen, I know that you feel this way mm-hmm. and I want to validate your feelings, but this is not, you don't need to call attention to this. To me... One point that I would think maybe you should step back is if there comes a time when one or both of you almost break the fourth wall and start directly responding to each other. I mean, I guess now you're directly responding to her. I'm sure there's a chance she's seen some of your videos because mm-hmm. people have tagged her occasionally. Um, yeah, you, and I never, you I don't never tag want her to. because yeah. you don't. It's yeah, but P- I've seen people in the comments occasionally tag her handle, and she might have seen them. Who knows? At some point, she like makes a video directly about you, and right. it like you know popping off at you, and then you pop off back, and it's like because then it comes that kind of thing. That's when I would think maybe that's too far, but. I mean, honestly, kind of related to what Bo Burnham was saying in the special, like comedy does have certain powers of healing. And I think you just pointing out how utterly ridiculous the things she's saying are and making fun of them in a very lighthearted way, like singing about gay cereal and stuff like that is a gift. I think it's totally a gift. And it's clearly making a lot of people very happy and it it diffuses in yeah, a way that's that what I, I want to do yes it's kind of it take you are taking out power from someone that is wielding power in a bad way okay and so i think it's good i i would love to hear the thoughts of the house guests as well it's just something that i was thinking of because of the special and because of like kind of recent uh like offerings from me. But before we get into today's topic, I want to end on a positive note. I'd like to highlight an account that has been only a source of joy and inspiration in our life. 
Jelly Bean Celine. Um, we'll link her in the show notes on TikTok. Just just solid content. And as I sit here with you today, I am I don't think that she invented this, but I have my little coffee cubes in my iced coffee so that as my co- as I drink my coffee, mm-hmm. it doesn't become more watered down. My favorite um, types of videos from her is she does what I ate in a day. I can't describe how soothing they are. Uh, it's it's, so- it's nothing. It's nothing like unattainable you know what i mean like it's just really good food and nor is it a prescription for health or a diet or anything like that Mm -hmm. it's it's what i ate in a day like just in case you'd like to see like and and i had this really interesting dish something that i hadn't heard of you know something cool with rice that she made Mm -hmm. a really fun pick-me-up tea drink in the afternoon something special for dessert and all of it is just made with such care she's clearly a really inventive chef and mm-hmm. yeah it's great so this is a favorite tic- a new favorite tiktok account so we want to end on a link and i'm pretty sure sh- you i feel like anyone that's interested in food would like this account it's adorable and it has given us a lot of ideas and the coffee ice cubes thing i've heard that for years that like just take an ice cube tray and freeze some coffee in there i there's something about when jelly bean celine did it <laughs> but yeah when jelly bean celine uh showed herself making that and she it just seemed so simple she was like yeah so i have my coffee ice cubes that i just pop into the glass and then my coffee stays fully you know coffee concentrated doesn't get watered down because I drink coffee slowly, and I do too. Even iced coffee, I'll take like an hour to drink it. You were like, I'm just like Jelly Bean Celine. <laughs> I'm like, Jelly Bean Celine is me. <laughs> Jelly Bean Celine is she me. And so... When you relate so hard. <laughs> <laughs> you know. So seeing that, I was like, I should definitely make coffee ice cubes. And we've been loving our coffee ice cubes lately. So while we had a bit of a more involved conversation about the internet, we wanted to end on a positive note, an account that's been a source of fun for us hopefully for you. Now let's get into today's topic. Darling, I know that you're nervous, but trust you've got Today we are talking about queer time, queer timelines. And this was inspired, perhaps in part, by a song and an idea that I've been working on that I posted a snippet of, and let me post that clip right here. I wrote this this morning about how my timeline is different than my friends for gay reasons. Happy Pride. I always wanted to be more than just another compliant Christian daughter. You can see it in my prom photos, honey. I was underwater. I told a girl that we were soulmates, now I don't even know the city where she lives. All my well-adjusted high school friends are on their second kids. But it's fine, honey, I'm fine. Cause I'm just a late bloomer. I couldn't get here sooner. I'm just a late bloomer Feels like I barely grew up So the song is called Late Bloomer. I'm finishing up writing it. I mean, it's it's pretty much done. There's just a little, few little lyrical tweaks here and there. Um, But nothing I think that you heard will be tweaked. 
And when Lizzie and I were thinking about what we wanted to talk about with this episode is like sort of why we've been marinating on this notion of queer time and how our timelines are a little bit different and the the amazing parts of that, and then the other parts that can be a little bit more difficult. So Lizzie, um, how would you describe how your timeline is perhaps a little bit different because of your queerness? I feel like you kind of have actually a better answer for this. So I hope all answers are worthy on this podcast. Well, thank you. But I was actually thinking about this and how I would talk about it. And I don't really think I was a late bloomer. I think that in high school and stuff, everybody almost feels like a late bloomer because there's always somebody that's just seeming to blossom more. And there's a lot of comparison at that age and everything. Mm -hmm. So at the time, I was like, oh, I'm the weird one. Like, I'm a late bloomer. But looking back, I don't really think I was because I kind of came out to myself and through somewhat of an unfortunate series of events, (laughs) came out to many other people (laughs) um, very early. I mean, I would say relatively early. I was 15. So I, in that sense, I would not say I'm a late bloomer. And I had a lot of relationships with people that fit. Yeah, we get it. You no, have a I, lot of relationships. Congratulations. You're not better than I, anybody. That's, okay, I'm no, just I'm trying to be honest. So I feel like I was not a late bloomer. However, I definitely missed out on certain things that because in high school, any sort of relationships were obviously secret or maybe not obviously, but they were just because of the environment I was in in North Carolina and et cetera. And because of that, when I got to college and then I started having more relationships, I did, I uh, went to college single, but like within yeah, we get like it. two we months. Quickly, was like quickly were taken. Congratulations. <laughs> Hot off the market, lady. Okay. Anyway, so, but when I got to college, I feel like things changed in terms of being out in a relationship, even though I was already out. But that's one way that I would say my timeline was different. And I remember things like posting like a couple picture on Facebook. Oh my gosh, that was because huge. When, so when many got to do that. Yeah, so many people in in high school would always like post pictures with their boyfriends or whatever and I never posted pictures with anyone of, you know, a s- significant other type situation. It was always I mean, it wasn't like a secret that we knew each other or would spend time together, but the nature of our relationship. Yeah. And so we would never like really post pictures together and stuff. But then in college, suddenly I could feel free to do that. And I actually felt like I was um, a bit behind. Like I felt like I would kind of do honestly more cringy things. Same. Some of my straight friends, I feel like would kind of pick up on it and be like, oh, it's kind of cringe. And I remember like feeling embarrassed but being like i haven't had an out relationship at all so i'm just you like, haven't been able to be like formal 2010 or exactly something like that you never got to do that exactly so so of that, course it's gonna be a song lyric from bright eyes yeah <laughs> yeah so that was one way that i once relatively small way But I think in general, one major gift of the concept of queer time and this idea that timelines are different because we weren't free to be our fully authentic selves in many ways when we were younger. So all bets are off. Rules fly out the window. And because of that, I actually feel, I think, a lot more free to have plot twists in my life and do whatever I want more than a lot of people I know. And this isn't like a comparison thing. I'm honestly also thinking about different generations, like my parents' generation and things Mm. like that. 
than me, but just in the sense of, I feel like when I think about people that I grew up with, I feel like such an outlier. And I'm sure that's partly me just being self-centered. Like, wow, I'm just so different. I'm so different. It simply can't be compared. But I am crazy. (laughs) I am free. (laughs) (laughs) But I do feel a bit like that because I'm turning 30 tomorrow. As of the day we're recording this is the day before my birthday. Um, By the time this episode comes out, I will have already been 30 for a few days. So house guests, your deadlines to rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast (laughs) if you have not done so already in the name of Lizzie's birthday. (laughs) TikTok, my friends. Actually, if you're listening to this, it's too late. (laughs) No, it's not. Please rate, review, and subscribe. For real, please do. It's never too late. Uh, Anyway, I'm turning 30 tomorrow. I've had a couple moments in the last few months of like, oh my gosh, I'm turning 30. I'm not where I'm supposed to be in life. I'm behind. I'm da 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 da. Like everyone back home has kids and they, I don't know, like are on their second house and et cetera. And I really just don't care actually. And I feel like queer time is a gift in that regard because I, I just don't, it's like, okay, I, that's not, I, my life is never going to look like the lives of people that stayed in my hometown and are living very beautiful, but conventional lives. That's not for me. So why would my timeline look the same either? Well, yeah, all the prescriptions for being, including being straight, being cis, all those things, and timelines for being and what you do in life and what your life looks like in your 20s and 30s and beyond, it's all deconstructed. It's all sort of, it all becomes very relative, I think, because you're so far on the outside, like you could never fit into that world. And that's what's so freeing. Like I remember having moments of almost like the world breaking open when I have this epiphany of oh, I'm actually never going to fit in here. Like Mm -hmm. being queer is never going to be mainstream. And rather than try to assimilate or like make, I don't know, like make being, you know, palatable for straight people work for me. Like (laughs) rather than having that mindset, just really accepting wholly who I am has allowed me to thrive in my own timeline. But it but it there is, I think, also a natural mourning that now you have a roadmap to nowhere, seemingly. You know, we just do not have my friend Jax Anderson actually has a line, one of her songs, of like, I'm a queer kid, no roadmap. That's something that you just have to make peace with. It's so much easier said than done. It's something I'm obviously still working through if I'm writing music about it, but it really is the task of our lifetime to find the beauty in that. And like, there's no roadmap. So having kids by 25, having a a house by 30, having all these like straight cis family, like none of that stuff was ever going to fit for us. So what do you want? Yeah. So really, what do you want? None of that is in your equation. So you get to be intentional with what you want. What does a family look like to you? Where does that exist? What type of a house does that look like? Take away everything that is projected onto you that, you know, you were sort of told from such an early age condition to think was 
our pathway to happiness. Forget about all of that. What would make you happy in your core? And that is scary because there, there's no one like feeding you the answer. You have to go within yourself, but it also is. And I think that's sort of where we're arriving now in this like next decade of our lives. It's also really exciting. It's like you could do mm-hmm. anything. I love that thought. And I think that a lot. The other night I was thinking specifically about this kind of concept of what do you really want and what life could look like because I do have a lot of big goals and dreams as you know and there's always things that I'm working towards and thinking about and not me <laughs> I'm done and I lo- I do really love change and I love different unexpected things coming out of life it kind of hit me that like yeah even though I came out at a relatively early age and have you know, now that I'm turning 30, it'll be like half my lifetime that I've been out and everything. It's still my life still is nothing like little baby me would have thought Mm -hmm. just because a little kid like 10 years old growing up in North Carolina in the 90s. It was never something like, well, maybe you'll end up with a girl or a boy or someone that's not a girl or a boy. You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) or maybe you'll end up with I was going to say Burbs. We haven't really said that on the podcast, but that's Lizzie's nickname for me is Burbs. I call Grace Burbs, and I'm always like, Burbs is the third gender. (laughs) Just Burbs. Burbs. Maybe that will make sense to people, maybe not. But anyway, okay, so what I'm trying to say is my life now, which I just love so much, and I'm so grateful and lucky, is not what I was kind of sold when I was a kid that the future would look like. And that has told me, I think subconsciously for a long time, like, there's nothing that is off the table. There's nothing that's impossible. Because already what I'm living is the impossible and the completely unexpected from what I was conditioned to think as a little kid. Yeah. You know, we had um, a filmmaker come through like about I think about a week ago, and he is potentially doing a like preacher's kid the movie which side note if that would interest you <laughs> please um uh let us know under our roof pod at gmail.com because we're kind of curious if people want to see that anyway he asked a question when he was interviewing uh lizzie and i about like what's the dream and i had to kind of pause for a minute because while we still do have dreams and goals and aspirations, I think it's so important to recognize Bean, our neighbor's pulling in and Bean just growled at his car. (laughs) Good job, little Chihuahua guard dog. I think it's so important to recognize and to acknowledge that in many ways, I'm kind of living my dream, Mm -hmm. you know, that was like my dream of dreams when I was a teenager was just to be with someone who loved me for who I am, to be open about it, not to live in secret anymore, to get to be who I am. I never want to take that for granted that this is like a dream every day to wake up with you and get to leave my home being myself. I used to have to like do quick changes when I was like kind of in between the closet and being out. I would do quick changes in the car of like taking off pearl earrings and mm-hmm. changing shoes and things like and bringing a sweatshirt and stuff like that. And I don't have to do that anymore. And like, this is the dream of dream. This is the goal. As I sit here in sweatpants <laughs> with like a cutoff shirt and a backwards hat, like this is the dream, baby. <laughs> no, I in do. In my feel- jammies. 
living it. I feel that. I do. I mean, we're lucky in so many ways. We definitely owe a lot to both just privilege we were born into to be able to do that, and also the queer people that came before us to make it possible. Mm -hmm. So I think we're, we try to remember that. Don't go up too fast. It's better if you find someone who makes you laugh like you did. When you were a kid, don't grow up to The other thing I want to talk about with queer time is the phenomena, which I don't know if you experienced, but I'm fascinated to learn, which is second puberty, or it's sometimes referred to as like second adolescence. Yeah, I wanted you to talk about this. I feel like that's what I was a little bit touching on in terms of like being mm. cringe. I mean, cringe is maybe not a good word because people must are... extend kindness yes, to the younger selves. exactly. But you know what I mean? Like kind of being a little bit like dopey or something in a relationship and like cheesy cheesy dorky whatever you want to say laying it on thick yeah at like quote unquote too old of an age mm -hmm. i feel like that was a little bit of that but i don't know if i went through that to the same degree that you did so please talk about that did you wait did i was i posting things that you thought was very cringy no i i don't mean that oh. specifically i mean like <laughs> i was like i'm trying to think back on like some captions no that I, had. I actually don't think so at all i i and i'm talking about myself at age like 18 19 i feel like i was mm -hmm. posting like a 14 year old but what i would say is um <laughs> so cute what i what i would say is like i didn't i don't know that i went through the same kind of like second puberty to use that term right that you did so please talk about that right so for me this occurred significantly as i started coming into my gender and understanding my gender expression i also went through a lot of the sort of common tropes of what sometimes people talk about as like being a baby gay whether that is certain attire or apparel that we just feel very comfortable in when we're newly out or whether that is uh honestly some toxic traits for me at least manifested themselves i know that that's something that uh i've seen people talk about a lot i think we should probably unpack it more about like um we sort of like revert at least for me like the the like sort of like fuckboy misogyny mm -hmm. type stage when you're first openly allowed to express the fact that you're queer you just have to take it to such a degree and it and it is sort of like you've been so repressed for so long at least that's how it was for me and so because misogyny is baked into the culture that just like just jumps out thinking that bragging about hooking up with people was cool um i don't know i mean i <laughs> listen my friends i'm not learn from my mistakes it's not cool and i absolutely went through phases like that fortunately it's all a continuation of growth and learning and evolving and i was always very interested in um like queer history and learning like queer terminology and um it's not theology. Oh, theory. That's what it is. And like just general theory on LGBTQ plus people and personhood. But I also was so private about having that interest because I had a lot of internalized homophobia. So as you're going through these growing pains, it just, you know, you just, it almost feels like you're a teenager again. Like I really felt like, like a horny 13 year old boy with like bad jokes, bad <laughs> takes and like no 
not really the person that you want to be like hitting the clubs with. And then I kind of grew from that. And as I was able to learn, be more honest, learn about internalized homophobia. Like, you don't think that's a possibility. You're like, well, I I certainly cannot be homophobic because I myself am gay. And it's like, you have to learn about these things. Then I started being really honest with myself about gender, gender expression, which has always, I think, been, is it white buffalo, the the right terminology? Like, that always seemed, like, unattainable. Like, I could be gay, but I, but so long as... So long as I never looked gay or appeared gay or made people uncomfortable um, and appeared too queer, you know, then that it would be okay that I was gay, right? Mm-hmm. So once I started being honest with myself, like, why have I always talked about not wanting to cut my hair? Like, why have I always been like, oh, no, like, people who cut their hair, why am I so uncomfortable around, like, butch or mask uh, people? It's because I was so jealous. Um, And (laughs) so I had to be honest with myself about that as well. Once I started like the specifically the hair journey for me, and I got to a point where I would look in the mirror and be like, oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. It's fucking you. I knew you were there. I knew you were there. I can't believe you're here now. Ah, you're so late, but I'm so happy you're here. Should we dress like Leonardo DiCaprio and Titanic? Yes, we should. We absolutely (laughs) should. And that is sort of that's a that's queer time. You know, where like I don't, I never got to live my boy band fantasy when Backstreet Boys and NSYNC were thriving. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to do it when I'm 28. And is it always on point? No, it's not. I feel like you're still 28. What? I feel like you're still living the boy band fantasy at 30. I can't think of a boy band member who had a mullet. Mm, I think I'm living point. my you're... Billy Ray Cyrus fantasy, but okay. I don't really mm, okay. have that fantasy. That's the thing. <laughs> like, I don't fantasize about being Billy Ray Cyrus. <laughs> I'm just saying that like that's – I feel like now I, I really do feel much more stable and secure in myself. I'm, I'm getting a little bit of that like 2020 vision on my past yeah. that – while I can acknowledge that I did go through that, I almost went through like a third puberty with gender. Like mm-hmm. I went through it with my sexuality and then I went through it again with gender. And I feel like now I have come out, I don't want to say like come out on the other side, but like I'm I'm a little bit removed from it so that I can really just play with all of it. You know, all of it is, I'm just so much more comfortable talking about it. Like style choices, because I would look at like a really cool e-boy who's like (laughs) 17 and I would look at it and I'd be like, but why not me? You know, like, because I'm sure that if I, if I had been myself at that age, perhaps I would have been, had my e-boy moment and Mm -hmm. allowing yourself to have it, even if you're older, like who cares? Dress the way that you want to. And then eventually, I think because I allowed myself to go through that, yeah. I have landed on a style that feels like more comfy mm-hmm. to me. Oh, it's it's going through phases. It's going through like style, like normal teenage style and yeah. expression changes that you just never got to do. And sometimes those phases stick, as we know, right? But some of them you just want to try on because you should and you can. And you never got to because you're repressed. And it's not your fault. And so doing them later, don't let anyone make you feel like that's silly. Yeah. Try them on. Literally, go shopping. Try things on. I'm a big fan of this. Try on a new haircut or I don't know. Like I still, this is, I think my my final form of like a, of a, 
queer time, like mm-hmm. stunted puberty, is going to be when I shave my head and bleach it and dye it a color. Yeah. I think that is going to be like, I finally did it. Because I would have done that. I dreamed of doing it when I was a teenager. I never got to. And I really want to. And I don't know if it'll be forever because I can't imagine myself keeping up with hair dye. Mm-hmm. Seems like something not in my wheelhouse. Yeah. But I think that will be like my final, my final thing. Yeah. I think for me, it does oddly now on the other side of, you know, the last 15 years of like being out and going through many things. It is comforting turning 30 and knowing my 30s can be whatever I want them to be. Mm. And there actually are a lot of great role models out there for using your time and your life in all kinds of beautiful ways. I mean, I just feel so lucky. Now is, I think, a great time to be alive in many ways. It can feel otherwise. The last year is a great example of that. But in terms of acceptance and representation, I'm really happy for my 15-year-old self that we are where we are, that this Pride Month has felt so celebratory. It's okay to go through these delayed, that's not exactly what I mean, but yeah, later, I guess, later in life, self-discovery and things like that. And in fact, that is the spice of life and the beauty of life. Like, I love the plot twists of life. I love the um, the unexpected. I mean, if mm-hmm. I've learned anything in the last 15 years, it is that I really do like change. I really do um, want to keep growing. And I don't like just sitting comfortably for too long. And I don't know if that has anything to do with being queer. Maybe it does. But regardless, it's exciting to me that Hey, I have a good excuse if I need to reinvent myself in two years. It's because I'm gay. (laughs) (laughs) No, I don't hate that at all. I also think that when it comes to personal growth, so long as you are showing up for yourself, being honest and doing your best, you're always on time. Yeah. You're always on time. There's no one getting ahead of you. You're not going to be late. Just do your best. Show up for yourself with intention. You will always be on time. And you're always going to be worth it. Don't doubt if something is cringe or whatever, if it's not trendy or something like that. If it feels like you're out of step with others around you, they were never meant to be walking in the same step as you. So march to the beat of your own drummer. I'm trying to think of other like euphemisms <laughs> like that. March to the beat of your own drummer. Go your own way. Take the Road less expected or whatever. The road less traveled. I n- nailed it. Um, well, you know what I just thought of, too? This should be good. I wonder if the reason why we like TikTok so much, because we love TikTok. It's and because I, we're gay and, is, our, is and our we're maturity gay. is stunted. Well, not necessarily our maturity, but just the fact that, like, when we were in high school, all of, well, at least for me, I don't know if it was different in Belgium, but, like, all the, like, straight girls at my high school were, like, queens of facebook and they had like the best facebooks you know what i mean though like queens of facebook is a i know terrifying i know thing to say and would be a fascinating and likely horrifying <laughs> tlc 
unscripted show queens of their facebook groups but you know what i mean like of the facebook marketplace this was back in the early 2000s well when was it i don't know i was i guess like mid 2000s um and facebook was new Mm -hmm. and i remember like the facebook albums of like their weekends and it was always just like oh like the coolest best facebook's like oh they're fake they're just like killing the facebook game and killing the facebook facebook in the 2000s just wasn't for us kids it was hot facebook was the place to be i mean it was though but like anyway i'm just saying maybe like our renaissance of having a social media that really works for us Mm. is tiktok tiktok is what we wish we could have had when we were in high school yeah and our algorithm is like mostly queer exactly like if we had had that like gay tiktok in high school that would have been crazy but instead we had facebook where people were like writing inside jokes on each other's walls that you didn't understand and people not inviting me to parties and (laughs) posting about it yeah i would name drop here Some people know whose party I'm talking about. Wait, why don't you just say the name? I'm sure she's not listening. Well, if anyone knows this person, I was not invited to Yachty's party in eighth grade. <laughs> Somebody named all of my friends were invited to Yachty's. The number of times, and I've- everyone says it was awesome. I ca- I caught up with a friend of mine who went like years. Like I caught up with a friend of mine who went like three or four years ago, and I was like, I have to ask you something. It's gonna be weird. She's like, What is it? I was like. How was Yachty's party? In and she was like, grade. and she said, honestly, it was really fun. And I've never like that. Ju- I knew it. I knew it was going to be fun. I didn't know why I wasn't invited. That whole week I tried to position myself to be invited. I would walk by her locker. I'd be like, oh, like any fun plans this weekend? Yachty. Yachty. And she'd say no. I'd be like, you bitch, I know you're having a party. Oh, I'm so sad that you weren't invited. So now we host parties here. Now I throw my own Yachty's party. And Yachty's never been invited. He's where never does she been live? Invited. I don't know where she lives. And honestly, I hope she's doing well. Because what if I'm- she listens to this? Hi, Yachty. <laughs> it's all good. If anyone listens to this who knows Yachty, just know that like I actually, I'm sure she's a really nice person. We truly were not friends in eighth grade. So there's no reason why she should have invited me to the party, aside from the fact that she did invite all my friends. And I was in a band with her brother. Okay. So all right. the other bandmates were invited. This feels I was like the only band member that wasn't invited. Point. So you just and... leave out the bassist. That's a little weird. Okay. Like, what if we'd wanted to play a song? There would have been no bass at the party. Which is probably why they didn't even play a song. Yeah. All right. So <laughs> on that note, uh, we may still have some maturing to do. <laughs> on that note, we have all matured. Here we are, mature 30-year-olds um, mm-hmm. who do not hold grudges. I don't hold a grudge. I want to be very clear, just in case. Because I do know that some of my friends from high school are going to be like, Grace, you need to stop talking about this. Oh, I found out, like, recently that this party was in eighth grade. I've been hearing about this party for, like, our whole relationship, Chris. Oh, my gosh. Not our whole relationship. No, but you've brought it up many times, like, in high school. Everyone has an event like this in their life. And I'm sure Yachty has one in her life as well. But I thought it was, like, senior year. No. It was eighth grade. It was eighth grade. All right. Hope everyone has a great um, next week of Pride Month. We'll be back this month so this is not our last pride month episode yes we will be back um just the same old (laughs) well-adjusted mature 30 year old queer couple you know and love just giving you sage (laughs) life 
thoughts um, to consider. Um, just really mature, you know, really like wisdom, wisdom <laughs> So uh, that's what you can expect from us because it's what we give you every week. It's what we're giving. So on that note, uh, thank you so much for listening. Have a great rest of your day, evening, wherever you are. Uh, hope you're doing well, and we'll see you next week on Under Our Roof. Bye. Bye. Say you.